Los Angeles-born Aaron Blunt was not a baseball fan growing up in the 60s and early 70s, and it was with zero enthusiasm that he went into an audition for the Bad News Bears movie at the Paramount Studios in 1975. Blunt says he stuck out like a sore thumb among the scores of other kids at Paramount that day, all of whom were dressed in baseball uniforms, unlike him. But Bad News Bears director Michael Ritchie saw exactly what he was looking for in Blunt, who scored the role of Ahmad Abdul-Rahim, the right fielder on a terrible Little League Bears team that is managed by a washed-up minor league pitcher named Morris Buttermaker. April 7, 2021 marked the 45th anniversary of the release of the Bad News Bears, the Ritchie-directed, Stanley Jaffe-produced movie about the Southern California Little League culture. Blunt joins the latest Stories with Street Cred podcast to discuss the film classic, including his famous audition and what it was like working with the actors Walter Matthau, who plays Buttermaker, and Tatum O'Neill, who plays Amanda Wurlitzer, the Bears' ace pitcher. One of Ahmad's heroes in the movie is the late Hall of Famer Hank Aaron, and early in the film, Ahmad and Buttermaker have a hilarious exchange in a tree after the Bears have been creamed by the Yankees in the season opener. Aaron's name is evoked by Buttermaker as he tries to coax Ahmad back to the ground. After the Bad News Bears was released in April 1976, Blunt went on tour to promote the film and traveled to Milwaukee where he got to meet Aaron in person as Hammer and Hank was playing his last season in the majors with the Brewers. Blunt reprised his role of Ahmad in two Bears sequels and today he still lives in Los Angeles where he is a DJ. 45 years after Ahmad said such classic lines as, This is for Allah, and it's going way out there, sucker. The hilarious and awesome Blunt relives a seminal stretch of time from his childhood and early acting career. I'm pleased to have Aaron Blunt on the Stories with Street Cred podcast, and I had the honor of talking with Aaron five years ago for a print story on the 40th anniversary of the Bad News Bears. And can't believe that five years has already elapsed, um, but pleased to have Aaron back in a different format. Aaron, I would be remiss in not asking you how you're doing and how you've been the last year. Such a crazy year for everyone. Well, Christian, uh, first of all, man, uh, good talking to you again. Likewise. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. you know what, this, this year, I, I don't want to get political, but this year really, ju- it just, it was so, um, it was necessary, I think, for the world to first have a reset. Yep. Um, because um, I, I think that. I worked a lot. I think a lot of just people just, we were just running and running ourselves crazy. And I don't think we had a chance to evaluate ourselves. And by, by the world stopping like it did, so to speak, it gave everybody a chance to reset and to kind of look at the world and see who we really are. And basically, um, let's see what we're going to, who we really are. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. now, we, now that we see who we are, who let's see who we really are. And um, so I've just been chilling, man, and um, enjoying watching TV because I haven't had a chance to watch TV like this. And I'm enjoying my home and my dog and, and uh, you know, just enjoying life, man, you know. Good. Um, I think that uh, it's unfortunate that so many people have lost their lives and 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 it's it's a uh, it's crazy that 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 we're we're living like this, but um, this is uh this is our 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 our, uh, our reality, and um, you know uh, I, I pray for the people that that lost their lives and they lost loved ones, and um, it's just like hopefully things can get better and and we'll all be uh we'll all be okay. I think that's the key word, well, Aaron, is reset and evaluating what's important in life and uh certainly we had a chance to do that in the last year um i'm curious aaron the 45th anniversary of the bad news bears release was last week do you recognize that date when it rolls around april 7th or not so much You know, not so much. It's just, it's almost almost like my birthday. I don't even recognize it when it comes around until somebody says, "Hey, you know, your birthday's coming up." I'm like, oh yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, no, I don't think about it. What I do is, I when I watch uh, when I'm watching TV or something, and I go into the the menu and I see the Bad News Bears is coming on, I, I look at it and, and I think, "Wow, that was a long time ago. They're still playing this movie, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> that's not, but other than that, I don't, I don't. Uh, I don't think about it when it rolls around. Yeah. You had such a uh, a classic, I think. Well, they were all classic roles in such a classic film. Um, of course, you played Ahmad Abdul Rahim, the right fielder yes. for the Bears. How did that role come about, Aaron? Well, um, if you, you know, my life is crazy. So, <laughs> you know, let's start there. Um, when I... Uh, was doing little commercials and things like that. Um, I had an opportunity for a movie. My first opportunity for a movie, my mother came to pick me up from school and was happy and said, hey, you got a role for this, this uh, the audition for a movie. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Never thought, I'm on a movie. If I can get the part, that'd be great. Um, what's it about? She said, it's about baseball. And I'm like, ah, because I hated baseball when I was a kid. So... <laughs> Um, she said, well, just go. And I said, well, I don't really want to go because I don't like baseball. She said, yeah, but just go for the, uh, for, uh, for this, just for the, the experience. I said, hey, experience, experience. I've already, you know, I know what baseball is. I don't, I, she said, just go and then just for the experience. And then if you don't like it, you don't like it. So I said, okay. So I went there and she was like, you want me to buy you a Dodgers outfit or something or a Dodger hat or something? Nah, you know, me and my attitude, nah, I just want to go get it over with so I can go home and play football. Because I thought I was going to play football, and you know, like in the future, instead of being an actor, I thought I was going to be a, a great football, football player, star. play for the Rams, <laughs> go to USC, go to uh, play under John Robinson, who if anybody knows about sports, you know, back then John Robinson was the head coach at USC, and I thought I was going to play for him. Yeah, right. So anyway, baseball was not in the cards. So make a long story even I uh, went to the audition with the with the jeans on and the t-shirt, a Mickey Mouse t-shirt, and I had a hat on backwards. I'll never forget it because when I got there, it was two million, hundred zillion kids <laughs> with baseball uniforms, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. 
He was the only one looking like, uh, yeah, looking was, like he just wanted to go home. <laughs> was the audition so, uh, in, was the audition in downtown Los Angeles, Aaron, or where was it held? The audition was actually at Paramount Studios in Hollywood. Wow, and which I'd never been, so it was you know really crazy to go through these big these, those 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 classic historic gates that that Paramount has. And I, that was the, the most exciting part of the day. But other than going to an audition, I didn't want to do it. So I go in there, and, and like I said, I had my attitude already because I didn't want to play baseball and, for, and, and be here. And this, this guy comes up to me and says, hey, what's wrong with you? You're like, you don't want to be here. And I said, yeah, I don't want to be here. I said, I hate baseball. And uh, the guy said, well, what's your name? I told him my name. He said, well, you know what? You just got the part. He says, I'm Michael Ritchie, I'm the director, <laughs> and um, um, he got, got my picture, and I went home. How did you didn't, feel? He didn't even read the script. <laughs> um, I felt like he was lying. I felt like he was mad because I told him I hated baseball, and he sent me home, and I was like, great, that was the easy way out. <laughs> and next thing you know, I, got, I'm the, I'm, I come back the next day and for pictures, and there's 700 million trillion kids there, but there's no black kids. Yeah. So, I went and took pictures and got fitted for my uniform, and the rest is history. How soon after that audition, Aaron, did you have to report to set? Um, well, the actual set, because the next day I took pictures and got fitted for the outfit, so I, we didn't really report to the set till maybe, oh, I want to say maybe a week or two. Yeah. Maybe about two weeks at the most. And uh, the set was actually not even the set because they just said meet at a baseball field in, in uh, Chatsworth. Right. Was that so, close to you? There and, yeah. Um, it was it was about probably maybe 45 minutes away. You know, about 40, 30, 30, 45 minutes away, not too far. Yeah. But as, as a kid, you're thinking it's forever, but about 45 minutes. And how did that work, Aaron? Did your mom take you to the set every day? Did a sibling take you, or how did that work? Well, um, my sisters were—they um, were old enough, but to, to to drive, but they had to go to school, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, uh, my mom took me for the most part, and then when she had to go to work, or she just couldn't take off work anymore, um, I had a. Um, a um, chaperone, right. so to speak. <laughs> so it'd be somebody that was older that I knew that could be on the set with me, and you know, that was how it went. But yeah, it was. Uh, I was there. <laughs> you, you said you didn't read the script at the audition. When you finally did, Aaron, or when your mom had a chance to look it over. I mean, there's 45 years later. It still stands out as a. Uh, a script that really had you know, groundbreaking themes, but also offensive language. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Did she or did right. you have any problems with that? Um, I, I really didn't. Um, but I, I was curious to find out if, uh, you know, because I mean, when I was growing up, I used to probably cuss more than I would learn. I listened to Richard Pryor growing up, so I cussed a lot when I was when I was a kid. Right. Not around my mom, but at school or something like that. I, I didn't have a problem with letting them go. 
Um, but, you know, um, when I read the script, we got the script that night. A courier brought the script to my house that night when I told Michael Richie I didn't like baseball. Mm -hmm. So the script got to the house probably like, you know, a couple hours later on that night. And when I was reading through the script and I saw the language, I was like, Mom, it's okay to say this? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, this is a job. And you have to you can only say it while you're on the, on, the, on, the, on the set. You can't say it anywhere else. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I know I can't say it anywhere, but I mean, you, you're okay with me saying it? She's like, yeah, you, this is your job, so you, you have to say it. So I was like, cool. And I'm going to tell you the funny thing later on. My mom started acting um, years later, and she was the grandmother in Friday, the Ice Cube movies, Friday After Next. Oh, my gosh. And so my mom is actually an educator, so she, this is years later, she says, I don't know if I, I got this part for this movie out, but I don't know if I want to do it because uh, there's cussing. And I said, what's the name of the movie, Mom? She said, it's some movie with some uh, rapper named Ice Cube, and it's called Friday. I said, you better take that movie. She said, but I'm an educator, and my, my students might hear me cussing. I said, it's your job. It came full circle. <laughs> right around full circle. It's your job. So, yeah, so she's in the, in the Ice Cube movie for Friday after next. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. When the, yeah. when the shoot started, Aaron, as I recall, it was during the summer. So the movie came out in 1976, and I yes. remember it being shot the year before during the summer. Is that accurate? Right. It's that, well, actually, I believe the movie came out in 77, and we shot in 76, if I'm not mistaken. But it, it could have been it could have been earlier. You know, um, like I said, when you're young, you don't really think about stuff like that. Right. And, um, and and it's it's actually a great question. But I believe I believe you know who it's funny. David Pollock, who played Rudy Stein, the right. first picture that we had before Tatum O'Neill took over. He David Pollock is like the Bad News Bears historian. <laughs> he knows every date. He knows what time it was. He knows what color shoes we had on. Um, David Pollock knows everything. I don't know how he knew everything, but he just knew everything. Myself, I was just there, and you know, I, I actually <laughs> enjoyed baseball later on. But I was just there to do a movie. <laughs> I remember, I remember you telling me that it was hot, like hot as hell <laughs> during the shoot. Extremely hot, extremely hot. You know, in the summer in in, in the valley in California, um, yeah, it's like. Uh, it was like the devil's living room, actually. It was hot as hell. Um, not only did I didn't like baseball, but I'm in the heat, too. So, uh, yeah, but it quickly changed, though. I think after a couple of weeks, I learned how to play baseball. So it, it, uh, I started enjoying the game. Did Michael Ritchie organize or did the producers organize uh, someone to teach baseball in its you know, fundamentals? Or how did that work, Aaron? Yeah, we had a a coach that on the first day we 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 um, were called to come to the park. We had a coach. They uh, fitted us for gloves, um, and we just like basically were taught the, the fundamentals. And none of us could play. Maybe like maybe one or two guys had experience, but they still couldn't play. So we were really sorry. Um, <laughs> so that was that that was real. And they taught us the the, the fundamentals, and then basically got us to be 
good enough to catch the ball and to, to perform fundamentals like we were uh, like we were trained. Yeah. And when we when we learn how to play, the, the Michael Richie says, "Okay, um, act like you don't know how to play now." <laughs> and so that was acting. Yeah. What was it like working with Walter Matthau, Aaron? Oh man, this is the the, the such a uh, such a great and such a such a um, it's a great question, but it, it, it is it's so. I wish I just wish I'd have more time with Walter. Um, <laughs> he was an amazing guy. We had so much fun together. He was a class act on and off the set. Um, he, oh man, he just, he was just like, uh, you, you, you really forget that he was famous because he was just such a great guy and so easy to talk to. And it was like a father figure to, to all of us. So, um, um, being in in a movie with somebody who I used to watch on, on, on TV, the odd couple back when I was at home, um, I, I, I forgot that he was a celebrity, yeah. you know, that's how awesome of a guy he was. He just, you know, it's just like, uh. Like I said, he was just like like a father to me. Um, a great, great, great guy, man. I can't. Couldn't, I've never met anyone in the industry that was as uh, genuine as he was. You have that great scene with him early on in the movie after the Bears lose their first. Well, they forfeit the first game because they're losing so badly, and you climb a tree and Buttermaker Walter Matthau's character climbs up and has a chat with you. What do you remember about shooting that scene? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the ants crawling in my ass. Uh, they were, uh, it was a real tree on a, a real street. And uh, I think that it was a lot of accidents that day because there were a lot of white people looking at a little black kid in the tree with a white man with cameras on them. And they just couldn't believe that what's going on in Chatsworth back in the 70s um it was, it was it was awesome man it was it was uh it was it was funny it was a it was a it was i think a two-day shoot to be in the tree because you had to have the cameras in the trees and lights in the trees and we had to get in the tree and it was actually up in the tree i forgot how we got up there um i just know that uh it was a great it was a great scene i was so fortunate to be in it um but being in the tree which draws on with ants crawling your ass trying to say lines to Walter Matthau <laughs> It was a memorable, great day. And uh yeah, it was it was it was a uh, it was awesome. <laughs> was was Michael Ritchie the type of director that was you know, do take after take or was he just let the scenes unfold organically? What kind of experience was that working with him? Well, it was, it was, it was what he felt. So basically organically, organically was best. Um, we had the script and we, we uh, followed the guidelines, but there was a lot of ad libs in there that, that made it into the movie that we didn't know that they were going to keep it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he was just, a lot of times he would, we would take over, go over and over and over. But if he caught something that he liked spontaneously, if he let it roll. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a chance? Great director. Yeah, absolutely. Some wonderful films, including that one. Um, did you get a chance to know Tatum O'Neill well during the shoot, Aaron? And did you keep in touch with her after that movie 
was released. You know what? I actually, uh, I never did get a chance to know her as well as I would like to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's, I don't even know why there was such a, uh, Maybe one of the reasons, you know, we're we're all guys and we hang, we're doing guy stuff, and then she was, you know, right. not only uh, a, a girl, but she was uh, she was uh, an Academy Award winning girl. So of course she was just, a, you know, she had a little different uh, program that we had, but you know, and she was a little older, mm-hmm. so we kind of like, you know, our our we didn't really hang out like that, you know. Um, but I wish I would have known her and, and kept in touch with her because it's awesome to have had a friend or so. When you know somebody, you know somebody for the for your life. Right. So um, meeting her, I would love to just talk to her and say, hey, you know, how's everything going? How's the family? Blah, blah, blah. You know, be friends because we, we did something historical and, and memorable. Um, it kind of sucks that we can't talk about this with Tatum. Right. I don't think there's any, I don't think she's ever done an interview about the Bad News Bears, but Regardless of an interview, I think it would be great to just talk to Tatum. Well, I remember talking with her five years ago for that daily news story I did on the the movie, and uh, really interesting conversation. Um, but like you pointed out, Aaron, she was coming off an Oscar-winning performance in Paper Moon a few right. years earlier, so she was already a, a recognized star in her own right, even though she was so young. Did you become friends with the other um, actors that were teammates of yours on the Bears in the movie, or even someone like Brandon Cruz, who was on the Yankees in the movie, the opposing pitcher? Um, who's this guy Brandon Cruz you speak of? I heard his name before. <laughs> uh, actually, it's funny. Uh, me and Brandon are really good friends uh, still to this day. That's great. Um, all the bears were all. All of us are still real close. Um, it's hard to find some of them, mm-hmm. but when we get a chance to catch up with them, we do. Um, but yeah, we're it's like we're it's it's almost like a fraternity. You know, we did something. We were we were like in school together. We worked with each other for like three years. We went on tour together. We got in trouble together. We had laughs together. We cried together. We were we were uh, we were like a fraternity, a little family, and so like again. When we, when as we get older, it would be great to to speak to people. So we we have a great time to get together. Um, uh, myself and Gary Cabanero, who was the who was the catcher, played on uh, Engelberg. Engelberg, yep. Um, David Pollock, we go, we all hang out all the time. Brett Marks, me and Brett, we me and Brett were probably the closest um, because our moms used to hang out together. So um, yeah, me, Brett, Jaime Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. George, uh, 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 we had so much fun. It was just crazy. Did you? Crazy, but yeah. We, uh, did you right away when the sequel started to come into focus? Did you know that you wanted to be a part of that, Aaron, or was that something where you had to audition again? How did that work? Because it was a different director, some different actors. Mathau didn't reprise oh, no, they, his they, role. Yeah. No, they actually wanted us to. They actually wanted everybody to come back. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, whoever they whoever they invited back wanted to come back, except for maybe a few people. Um, but uh, yeah, we yeah, it was, it was something that worked. Right. right. And uh, hey, why not? Ha- why not have a go at it again? When 
the Bad News Bears was filming, I remember talking with Brandon Cruz, and he said the set was, for lack of a better word, pretty loose. Uh, they had Heineken's in the <laughs> trash can for the <laughs> uh, the movie staffers. Uh, do you remember what the set was like once you arrived there each day? Well, yeah, you know, you have to remember back in the 70s, it wasn't so politically correct. Um, you know, of course, if you look at the script and the words we said in the, in the script, it wasn't really a time where uh, we were so politically correct and, and so um, just so uh, uh, careful with things. So, yeah, yeah there was, there'd be beers and there'd be uh, stuff, but the kids knew that we couldn't, you know, we knew we couldn't drink a beer out there and stuff like that. So we, <laughs> you know, I mean, somebody probably got into it, but I know I didn't. Uh, I wasn't into drinking back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I mean, just plenty of food, plenty of donuts, you know, for everybody, uh, plenty of Gatorade. And- the script was written by Bill Lancaster, who was the son of, Burt Lancaster, the famous Oscar-winning actor. And right. I wonder, Aaron, do you think a script like that would hold today? In other words, do you think that the Bad News Bears could ever be shot today with the script that was in place? Um, yeah, if they wanted to get canceled, the, you know, this culture <laughs> cancels everything like that. You know, so at the very... Like I say, you know, it, it, it was, a. Uh, it was, this is one of the things that, to answer your question, it was one of the things that makes the movie, um, such a classic, just like Blazing Saddles. You know, right. there's certain things that you could never get away with again and know that. So to answer your question, no, this, this script wouldn't roll. They would, it probably wouldn't even get off the, the, off the, uh, the, uh, the, the copy machine with all the stuff in it. Right. Um, but with that being said, though, that's what makes it such an awesome and groundbreaking and historical uh, classic movie because right. of that, because of the script. Authentic. <laughs> I think that was the word you used five years ago to describe it. What was it like when the shoot wrapped, Aaron? Did you uh, go out on any kind of publicity tour to promote the film or was there anything like that after the, the movie um, wrapped? Yeah, we, we actually did a, um, I want to think what it was. Yeah, we actually did a, a couple of cities. We went on, on by to, to, uh, movie theaters and signed autographs after the movie. So, uh, as the kids came out of the movie theater where they're sitting there signing autographs, we did a couple of that to promote the movie. Um, um, of course they sent me to, uh, to Milwaukee at the time where Hank Aaron's playing with the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, I had a chance to meet uh, Hank Aaron and get a picture and he gave me one of his bats and um, uh, his hats and stuff. You know, great man. Rest in peace to Hank Aaron. Uh, I was uh, Growing up, I didn't know anything like that, so much about Hank Aaron until I had to portray him. He was my favorite player in the, in the movie. So I did a little research and um, just to know how, how awesome a guy he was, I couldn't wait to meet him because I didn't know that he was such a such a uh, uh, a man off the field as much as he was on the field. Had he you seen know? the movie by the time you met him in Milwaukee, Aaron? You know, that's a great question. I believe he did. <laughs> if he didn't, if he didn't uh, watch it, I'm sure he he was okay with it because 
uh, I was his, he was my idol in the movie, so I'm pretty sure he, he, he knows or he saw it or something. I, it, it was so long ago, I can't even remember the conversation we had. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there talking to Hank Aaron. I was kind of like, you know, uh, you know, uh, just so amazed. I couldn't believe I was there. I was awestruck. I hope you but, still, uh, I hope you still have that memorabilia if he, uh, gave you any. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I have, I have everything and the pictures and, um, actually I put it, my, my Facebook page has, a picture of him and I just sitting there in the dugout in Milwaukee talking. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yeah. What was it like when the first time you saw the film, Aaron, how soon was that after it was released or did you go to a premiere? Uh, a couple of months later, they sent us to, they said we can come watch the movie at Paramount Studios in a mm-hmm. little private screening room. Um, it was great to, to hang out with everybody. And um, once the movie started, it was, it didn't sink in that I was in a movie yet because you're just watching it with your friends on this thing that you've, that you've, that you've uh, created. And um, the biggest thing that we wanted to know, which was how the movie ended because we shot two, two separate endings. So that was like the one we really were waiting for at the end to see if we really won or did we really lose. Because we shot it both ways, so. I remember talking with yeah Stanley Jaffe, the producer of the movie, back uh, five years right. ago. And he said as much, Aaron, that they shot two endings. And he was in the minority as far as the ending where the Bears lose, which is ultimately <laughs> the real ending. But there was a, a larger group of film executives that wanted the bears to win um and he was like absolutely not and he fought tooth and nail to keep the uh the original ending that's in there now but what do you think it would have been like if the bears had won that would have uh kind of spoiled the in my opinion the the story arc um i agree with you uh, I mm-hmm. think that I think that he, he was spot on. It was great, great idea to let us lose. I was disappointed because I wanted us to win, but at the same time, the um, the feeling of of us losing because it, it was expected. And I think everybody expected the, the hero or the underdog to win at the end, but made it made it even more climactic, and made it also a, a better. Uh, Better for a sequel, and just a, just a, uh, it just gave you a good feeling that these guys lost and still didn't give a damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, you know, so it was it was just a uh, it was a I think it was a great idea. There was a classic line at the lose. yeah exactly. There's a classic line at the end of the movie with uh, Chris Barnes's character Tanner Boyle. And uh, <laughs> it's a very colorful line. Uh, I'm sure you remember that, Aaron. He's one of the actors. He's one of the actors that had sort of stepped out of the limelight. He was in the sequel, uh, the Breaking Training, uh, Bad News Bears movie. But do you still keep in touch with him? And what did you think of his role in that original Bad News Bears movie? Um, well, number one, I, we didn't keep in touch, but recently Gary Cavagnero ran into him. And so we all exchanged numbers. So now we're, we're all, uh, back in touch. So he's doing well. Um, 
as far as his role in the movie, I, I actually wished I could have had more words to say like he did. Because like <laughs> I said, I grew up on, on Richard Pryor, so I wanted to do some cussing. Right. Um, and as far as the the uh, racial stuff and everything, it was it, I looked at it as just a job. I knew it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't something that he just off the cuffs just said. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, and and then, and then he was my friend, right? So or he is my friend. So it was you know it wasn't it wasn't a big deal, right? It was my job. Did you have any further interest in baseball after you shot the Bad News Bears? In other words, did you become a baseball fan, or is that still not something you're interested in all these years later? Man, I did that movie and thought I could. I thought I was Hank Aaron Jr. So I went and played <laughs> little league in my in the city I lived in, and I stunk up the place so bad, man. They, I think they just had me on the team just because I was in the movie and they were bringing people in to watch me play. But yeah. it was really, it was horrible. I, I was no good at it. Um, I love baseball now. You know, I, I, I liked it. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, I uh, yeah, I like I like baseball. <laughs> now, did you expect the movie would do so well after it was released? Did you expect the reaction that it did get? Uh, not at all. You know, but I, I was I was like ten, eleven years old, man, mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do after after we did the movie, I was just doing a job, and I liked, I enjoyed playing baseball with my friends, and you know, making a movie. I had no idea. I had no expectations. I just uh, I was just going back to school again, having a regular life. And then, then they uh, called us again and said, "Hey, we wanted to do two more." <laughs> I was okay with it, but I, you know, I had nothing. I had no expectations at, at that time. You know, I think I think not, not, I don't believe anybody knew or had an idea mm-hmm. that this movie would even render a a, a, a real sequel. Yeah. But it happened, and uh, it was a good thing. And not only that, it's lasted all these years and remains a, a classic film. It, it, and it's funny because they talk about classic films all the time, and they always bring up the Hoosiers, and they bring up mm-hmm. uh, just uh, other other movies, but they very rarely do they bring up the Bad News Bears. And I, I don't know if it's because... It was uh, it's they, you look at it as a kids movie, but I believe that the the uh, the message of that movie and the and the and the, the visual um, portrayals of what really goes on in youth sports, I think was spot on. I think it's probably not being biased, but I think it was one of the the best sports movies, like top ten sports movies. Absolutely, and, they, and it's it really a lot of people don't recognize it, but they grew up watching the Bad News Bears. Very <laughs> real, and like you said, it really focused on what that culture is like not just in southern california but throughout the country with parents and how into it they get and how uh demanding coaches can be all those themes i think still resonate did you have a springboard into other acting roles, Aaron, after those movies, the Bad News Bears movies? Did you want to continue as an actor? Oh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to be an actor, and I wanted. I loved what I did. I liked meeting people. and uh, um, I, I don't know if it's springboard in my career or anything, but um, 
I did go on more auditions, so mm-hmm. I guess I guess yeah. <laughs> I did have I, I had more opportunities to do you know movies and um, when I look back at it now, a lot of the times I know that when I went for a role, that some of the people said, "Hey, I want this guy in my in my movie because you know I've seen his work." Mm-hmm. You know, but looking back at it now, I can, I can say that. But before, I just thought, you know, I was just. Uh, my my agent was awesome, and she was getting all these these. Uh, I don't know how she was getting me to get these auditions, but she was doing it. But you know, when you when you get older and you realize how the business goes, uh, you know, not only did I have a great agent, but um, yeah, Baton's Bears probably springboarded me just a little bit. Yeah, do you still get recognized, Darren, either around L.A. or? Anywhere else? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, people <laughs> always ask, like, around around L.A., since I'm, you know, living in L.A., and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I meet somebody, you look familiar. Uh, what school did you go to? <laughs> That's the first thing I ask. And I, so I tell them what school. I said, nah, I wasn't there. I know you from somewhere. And I tell them, well, I'm a DJ, so maybe uh, maybe you saw me at a party. Nah, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I can't think of it. I said, well, whatever it was was probably good. They go, yeah, yeah, it was good. It just, I just can't remember it was. So finally, I let them know, hey, man, I was in the Bagless Bears, so you probably saw it. They go, oh, yeah, that's what it is, man. And they go crazy and tell me how they how I helped them play baseball, and they wanted to play baseball like me. Cause I'm like, hey, hold on. So you trying to say I destroyed your childhood and made you a bad person? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good feeling, though, to know that people saw you doing something that you, uh, you enjoy doing, and they got something out of it. So it's a great feeling to this day. Met- I actually didn't know how much I impacted people until I meet people. So, right. you know, it's always great to hear people that enjoyed the movie so much. You mentioned uh, DJ Aaron. How long have you been doing that? Well, I've been listening to music, man, all of my life. And so loving music, uh, is I can't really say how long I've been DJing because I've been, I just, it's just something that happened. Mm-hmm. Because I was always buying records with my money, so I was I had I got a lot of records, and so uh, back in the days you didn't hire a DJ, you just found somebody that had a lot of records and said, "Hey, can you play records at my party?" Right. This, this is how old I am. This is you know I'm old, so this is back in the days. So I would be the guy that had all the records. So a lot of times my friends would say, hey, "Can you play records at my party?" So you know I played records at parties, and next thing you know, uh, my you know I got a mixer and two turntables, and the rest was history. Did the past year impact you negatively, positively? Were you still able to to do your DJ appearances with regularity, or did that get affected? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it got affected uh, tremendously. Um, um, yeah, it was. It was just all shut down. Um, nobody was really throwing anything. I was. I did a couple of events, but they were outdoor events, and it was something. It was it was social distancing. It was very like it was it was uh, it's a few people, and it just wasn't. People weren't really partying or anything. It was basically just for like background music while they're doing whatever they're doing. Um, yeah, that just like I said, it, it, it was, and it was good to like I said, I, it was good for the reset because I DJed every weekend mm-hmm. for probably the last oh man twenty years. I've been been DJing parties and private events and weddings and corporate events and you name it, man. I'm just, I'm all over the place going on tour with, uh, with, with groups and stuff, DJing in different cities and states. And 
and to to have the, the pandemic come, like I said, it was a reset and it gave me a chance to enjoy my house and take a uh, break, just to sit back and, and yeah, sit back and then and, and, and smell the roses. Have you been able to get together in any kind of reunion with the living actors from the Bad News Bears, Aaron? Has that ever taken place? Yeah, we actually did one, I would say, probably five years ago. We all did something out in the Valley. Um, and actually, David Pollack, I think he set it up um, because it was in his... Uh, his 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 uh city where he lives mm-hmm. and it was it was a, a real nice thing we got a couple of people that I hadn't seen in a while uh scott firestone who played uh i forget what scott's name was in the movie toby it was no not toby it was uh anyway it was scott firestone mm-hmm. uh he, he he came through and um we had a great time we always have a great time when we get together though like we talked about earlier in this conversation still resonates so clearly all these years later yeah and, it, and it's so and, and i'm so um when i when i reflect about about my career i'm glad that i had that and I'm, i have that on my resume to be able to say i was in this movie um never in my wildest dreams as a child where i've ever imagined that i would be in a movie that would be considered a classic and that people like Christian Red wants to talk about it uh, <laughs> 45 years later. <laughs> 45 well, years later. It's wow. incredible. That must mean I'm like, I must be 46 then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't look a day over 30. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I wish that was true, but, uh, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Well, it's a real pleasure to talk with you again, Aaron, and great to hear your voice. And one of these days in person, we're going to reconnect and uh, hoist that beer or two uh, in celebration of the Bad News Bears and me having the chance to meet you. Absolutely. You know, because even though we we haven't met face to face, I've talked to you on the phone for a while, man, and we've been friends for, what, five or six years or so, whatever it has been. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I remember I called you one time. I forgot. I called you about something, man. I was, I got busy. My life was so busy and, and, and I, and I forgot to call you back, but, um, I consider you a friend and, um, <laughs> I thank you for having me on here. I feel very, very fortunate and, and privileged to be on your podcast because, uh, you know, you could have called anybody, Michael Jordan, uh, <laughs> could have called Shaq, but you called Little old me, man. Aaron Blunt. I love it. It's a real honor. It's a real honor. It's going to be a great, and then listeners are going to be real thrilled to uh, hear your story and your connection to the film. Well, that's cool, man. I'm I'm glad to be able to be a part of of something you're doing, man. Um, And we will have that drink, man. But I, I, you know, the reset was 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 uh was so good for me, and it just makes you um it makes you appreciate. Good people. Well said. That's, I'll, I'll leave it like that. And I and you're a good person. So, bro, it was a pleasure doing this podcast. It's a pleasure knowing you. And uh, yeah, we'll get together so again for the we'll, 50th we'll anniversary. <laughs> yeah, pro- hopefully before that, though. <laughs> hopefully before that, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully next year, man. When, when, when things get you know halfway decent, Back to I, I would really love to come out there because I have family out in New York and Jersey and. 
you know, so I'm all, I, I, I'll come out and visit you wherever you are now. I don't know where you are now, but, um, near in New York, definitely want but, to come uh, hang out with you, bro. Always an open invitation. Absolutely. Sounds good, man. I'm privileged. All right, Aaron, best of, uh, luck going forward this year and, uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Hey, thanks, Christian. Christian, you do the same. Stay safe and stay. Uh, and please take care of your family and uh, enjoy life, brother. All righty. Take care. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Stories with Street Cred. I'm your host, Christian Redden.